Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey guys, this is Mike Badano, and you're listening to Sarcastic Remarks. Hey guys, welcome back to Sarcastic Remarks. My name is Ryan Chambers, and today we are joined by both Chris and James. <laughs> uh, and we and Chris, we are live, by the way. We just wanted to see how long it would take for you to get here. Chris literally just got here, you guys. Literally, like within two seconds of the podcast starting, I just wanted to test him and see how quick he could get here. How you doing? That's Chris? pretty impressive. I know, right? It's like impeccable <laughs> time. <laughs> how you doing? I had n- no idea what time it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's typical. Oh man. Well, uh, how is it? How is it going overall? Is it going okay? It, it is it is going it's going great. Um, class has started. Um, it monsooned yesterday. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, no joke. Yeah. Well, and, and I was actually talking to some people at uh, school today. Some of the some of the other teachers, and they were saying that this is probably one of the wettest months that West Texas has seen. And like, we've been getting rain like almost daily for the past week and a half, which is y'all probably weird. Getting, y'all probably been getting more rain than over here in Dallas even. Yeah, it, it's been bizarre, like beyond Plants bizarre. start growing. Yeah, seriously, yeah, like some <laughs> actual green stuff. It might not just be brown out here in West Texas, so. Okay, uh, well, we are here live uh, in this podcast. Uh, we got a another podcast to talk about because uh, some big news coming out of that. I guess not really news, just things to talk about because because you know we need things to talk about during the off season. Uh, but we're we'll talk about content. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> not, not really. If we're kind of talking about their content, right? If we if we you know you know name drop them here in the podcast, right? No, don't name drop them. Don't name drop them. Well, I'm going to do it anyway because they, they deserve it. <laughs> so, um, just a couple of NHL uh, news going on. But we may we may talk about a couple of things here. But uh, obviously, the big news today is Tom Gallardi's interview on the Cam and Strick podcast, where he went on and you know just kind of talked about you know his background, you know his uh, his entrepreneurial stuff. If that's the right word, I can't even say the right word. Um, you know, how COVID affected his businesses, his mom, his dad, all that sort of stuff. And then he got into some really interesting things when it comes to Dallas Stars news. And obviously that he talked about uh, Ken Hitchcock, he talks about coaching and stuff like that. He also 
mentioned and got into the the biggest news, probably I would say arguably around the NHL right now because of just the names of these guys and specifically Robertson. So yes, I know we've been talking about them all summer. Please, can we just get them signed? But we got to mention it again. Um, did you guys get a chance to listen to any of the interview? And if you did, um, what part kind of stood out to you uh, when it comes to uh, that, that whole interview? Yeah, I mean, the two obvious parts was the the player side. He calls out Ben and Sagan yet again, which I'm sure we'll get into that and the reaction to it. And then also calls out both of the players we're trying to sign and Ottinger and Robertson for asking for too much, which that's kind of crazy in my opinion, but mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, de- definitely it feels like that him calling out uh, the – I think it was more specifically Robertson, honestly, from what it sounded like. At least yeah. he didn't—he well, he obviously he, he didn't name drop, but it's it's very obvious from the way he's he talking. But. He's yeah, all, all but used his name. Yeah, yeah, but you know, because it's gonna be Jake Ottinger that scores for forty goals, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. honestly, yeah. just for initial reaction, let's just start about let's start on that one, okay? Because it's ridiculous to talk about a player's contract while you're in negotiations with them on just some random podcast that that's honestly that's not cool in my opinion like if i was in negotiations with y'all and you talked about how much of a greedy little 20 year old i was for wanting to get paid for scoring the most goals on your team and making you the second best line in hockey i'd be a little bit pissed off (laughs) yeah i mean and the the I think the main problem what, with that is that he didn't even have to he didn't have to number drop the forty goals and seven million he didn't have to drop either of those. Yeah, there's no reason you could talk he, about what he wanted to talk about without saying that. Yeah, he said specifically the bridge deals that second deal doesn't exist anymore, and that's all he had to say on it. But he went into specifics and yeah, shut up. <laughs> yeah, but still at the same time, guys. I, I think there's a bit of an overreaction here. Would you agree with that at the very least? Overreaction over- with Sway. Yeah, I'm saying there's an overreaction to the Ben and Sagan thing, specifically by Sturm on Twitter. But Oh, yeah, for- and I, I took a snapshot of that. We'll get into that, too, a little bit. Yeah. For, for the Robertson thing, I feel like it's an underreaction. Like, okay, it's not the way it used to be. Grow up. Stuff changes. He's literally just whining about it. And, and talking openly he, about contract negotiations with a player that you're in talks with right now, who's yeah. probably the best player on your team. And and that, to be to be fair, a little bit, he did say the industry is changing, but he's still whining about it the whole time while he's doing it. Yeah. He's like, I know it's changed, but it's stupid, basically. He's yeah, just kind of being a big baby. <laughs> yes. Well, see, I see. I didn't really view it that way as much, and maybe maybe being the more level-headed of the three of us because I'm the older one and the all-knowing wise one. Older, uh, that's it. The, the, the only thing that I didn't like, and I'll, I will agree with you on this, is name drop or name dropping, dropping the $7 million. Like, if that's what Robertson wants, I'm running to the table to get him to sign that contract. You freaking kidding me? <laughs> like, we were thinking, like, more. Like, especially if he's wanting to sign a long-term deal, we were thinking like maybe even north of 9 million possibly that he could get. But if he wants 7 million, 
dude, I'm I'm running to the table and getting him to I I'll take his his own dang hand and sign it for him. <laughs> yeah, but th- that's the only thing I didn't understand about that. But I, I think that the the, the media especially kind of overhyped it a little bit too much, mostly because there's nothing else to talk about right now. <laughs> but it's it, it's still worthy to note that both of those guys are still unsigned. Um, but it, I don't I don't know what, what do y'all think? I'm still stupid about that, and that that well, the media overblew it, or what? What do you think? I, I think they overblew the wrong thing. I mean, they overblew Jimmy Ben and Tyler Sagan. Oh, he's talking bad about his top players again. Okay, yeah. That's not did. shocking because, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, they're playing bad. See, they know that they're not playing up to their level. That's not news, that. honestly. But, but, uh, he's again, just, like, he's, stating He, he said that months ago. He said that month, something similar to that months ago. It's like these guys okay. underperformed, and they know it. Is so it I, I, I didn't – Now? <laughs> so – it doesn't make no, any sense no. for people to overreact to it because oh, it happened again. Ah, yeah, right. Okay. And they haven't played. They haven't had a chance to to change it again. Right, and, and I don't know. That's just just the thing. It's like I thought. I honestly thought he was kind of like backing them up a little bit because he because they, they both they obviously both know that they're nowhere close to the money that they're earning right now or their cap hit, and especially the percentage of the cap hit they're getting. They know that, and I mean. He, Gallardi was just stating the obvious, right? I, yeah. We can't talk about the Ben Sagan thing without talking about the Sturm tweets. Because do you want to get into some of them, Ryan? Because his I points were kind them. of ridiculous in regards to what Gallardi was actually talking about. Well, I'm curious your thoughts. So you go ahead. Just jump jump on one, whatever you want to jump well, on. The main tweet was he was talking about, oh, Gallardi's upset because they're not producing the same way that they were when we signed them. No, that's not what he was talking about. He was whining, like me and Jim saying, still not a great look, but he was whining because they were producing so much worse than they were before. So when he was saying, when you have 25% of your cap with these two players and they're not producing, we're not going to win a lot of games. That's just a fact. Like, that's not bashing Ben and Sagan. That's not saying, oh, I regret signing these contracts. That's That's a fact. They have to play better for us to be a Stanley Cup contender. Teams that have a player signed for that much money, that player has to play at an elite level. And those two guys aren't right now. And we have two of them, which most teams have one. So that's just a fact. So there's no reason for him to overreact that way to it. And the main reason he said he was overreacting to it because it happened multiple times, okay, it's still true. (laughs) So you're not going to be upset at the first time when it's true. But at the third time, that's too much. Like, I, I don't I don't get it. Uh, and one more thing. He responded to a comment, too, in Twitter. And he was talking about how Stars Media isn't as on top of, like, player performance the way, like, a Toronto Maple Leafs are. So if Okay, but it, the, okay, that, that boils my, my blood a little bit. And I got to speak up for my boy, Saad. No, but that's true. As far as, far as fans go, Stars fans are not as... They, they won't get as animatedly upset at a player for not producing at the level that they should. And there are way more, there are way more stars fans that are just like, Oh, you better cheer for the team no matter what. than there are stars fans that are saying, no, we want to win a Stanley cup. And that's right. true. That's no, true. That's and it's true. Like, and we have those fans with like the Cowboys. Like if Dak Prescott isn't playing good, Cowboys fans are going to let him know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, like, it's way, 
I think it, I think that comparison, like like if you compare that to Austin Matthews in Toronto, I think Dak Prescott yeah, would get more pressure than I mean, hands yeah. down, in my opinion. But and 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 Sturm's point with that was saying, oh no, stars players get lots of pressure. No, they don't, and that, that's part of the benefit of playing in Dallas. But you also need to get some pressure added to you, in my opinion. So I don't think it's a bad thing that it's talked about openly because one, it's true. They're just saying the quiet part out loud. And two, we need more if we want to be a playoff or a Stanley Cup team. We still be a playoff team with them playing the way that they are. But if we want to be a Stanley Cup team, which we have young players, we have an old core, and we've just signed people. Like, if they're playing good, we are a cup contender team. But we're not on that radar because 25% is producing 50% lower than it should be. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to read the tweet, Chris? Because I got the I got the yeah, whole sure. thing, the whole thread. Please do. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, read the tweet. So, yeah. all right. So this is Bob Sturm, and I I love Bob Sturm. He's a good reporter. He's a good guy, but I, I just don't agree with him on on a lot of what he said on Twitter. From from um, the ticket, right? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And he used to be a lot more involved with Stars Media, uh, especially Stars content. You know, many years ago, but it hasn't been as much as he did in the past. But Okay, anyways, uh, and this is quote from Twitter. Um, Jamie and Tyler should absolutely respond loudly to this constant and absurd commentary from the guys who offered them their contracts. It is unprofessional and ridiculous and shows no sign of getting better. This is Bush League, and it is repeated. They deserve better. That's the first uh, the first tweet. Second tweet on here. You want them to earn their contracts? Question mark. They did. That's how they got them. They did not want to age or decline. It happens in sports all the time. The decline, the decline of the athlete is seldom voluntary. Such nonsense. Third tweet in the same thread. You resent them for taking your money? You thanked them. You gambled. That is what player contracts are. Like stock disclaimers, past performance is not an indicator of future performance. So bothersome. And, and so, that whole thread is just a straw man argument because he said none of that. He didn't say he resented them. He didn't say that past performance should have predicted the future. He didn't say any of that. He's just straw manning him and making him seem stupid for the people who don't aren't going to go and listen to it. He's and just, honestly, with with the way that I thought the question was asked on the podcast, they they're like, okay, well, we got to talk about Ben and Sagan, right? Like, obviously, it's a yeah. negative connotation. Glardy knows where they're trying to go with this. He says, yes, they're not been good. And then he also has his little but statement, like not but statement, right? He says, right? Yeah. <laughs> he says, Ben hasn't been good. He doesn't produce the same. But he's a great leader in the, in, the, in the locker room, and he does a lot more for the organization than you know. And then he also goes with Sagan. Sagan needs to be producing more too, and I expect him to produce more. But he's also coming off an injury that would put a lot of players out of the league completely. So, like, well, I mean, I mean, for example, look at Jack Eichel. For example, yeah. I mean, he's he had he had the the big time surgery that no other major athlete has ever had before, and it's obviously affected him, especially last year. I mean, he was yeah. still, I mean, a very good player, but he was not the same Jack Eichel that you know he was in his you know first couple of years in the league. So. Yeah. Just just from, like, the podcast side, how they asked that question, Glardy wanted to get the, hey, yeah, they're not doing great out of the way, and then he even gave them, like, cop-outs when, when he said it for a, I mean, they do other stuff, and he's coming off this this really, really bad injury. I mean, like... Yeah. And he, he in no way said that they're, 
like not worth their contracts or that he regretted signing them. He didn't say that at all. And that's what Sturm said in, on Twitter, which is just wrong. He, he just blew it out of proportion, that whole segment of the of the podcast. And anyone who listens to that will find no issue with that. And I think Ben and Sagan would find no issue yeah. with that. I mean, the, the only... When... I have one more thing, sorry. The yeah, only issue I have is, why is Gallardi on a podcast anyway, talking about the team? <laughs> See, I was... Yeah, that... As, as the owner, like, stay out of the way, honestly, is my opinion on it. Like, well, let the it, people it... who know hockey know hockey. And you and... just... Pay the salary cap to have the team win okay. and reap well, the benefits of getting the team. He, for for on, the most part, part, he really is, honestly. For well, the most first, part, first things first. First things first. He he is definitely a hockey guy, and he knows what he's doing. He is definitely one hundred percent a hockey guy. So I yeah. I will say that, and I'm talking about Gallardi here. He he yes. knows his stuff. But uh, I agree with you to a point. He needs to trust his guys, and he and he even said that when yes, if yeah. you listen to he the beginning the of the interview. interview yeah, he's, he was talking specifically about his all the properties that he's got and all the, the businesses. It's it's insane how many things he's got. But he, he's talking about, you know, you got to give some guys autonomy. You know, if you micromanage people, they're not going to grow. And then your business is not going to grow, you know, from their, uh, their their growth themselves, I guess. Yeah. And uh, specifically, but, he did he did mention he really only talks to the GM mostly. That's that's who he talks to. That's that's how you're supposed to do it. That's yeah. what he's that's what he said he does mostly. So, yeah. But in a podcast like this does nothing but make your GM's job harder. That's the only yeah. thing it could do. Yeah. I, I don't just, know. I, don't I think know just that. specifically if you're talk specifics about players that only makes your GM's job harder. Yeah. He 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 didn't get into real specifics, but he did. He, he did. He get gave close. us the number that. <laughs> that yeah. Robertson asked for. Okay, but I, that was it, that that actually, my thing is that is that actually the number, or did he just pull a number out of his hat? Because that's possible that, that he could have just pulled it out of his hat. Like a very specific number. Two <laughs> <laughs> very, very specific number. What I was thinking of. So, well, I, I guess he could have name dropped like four million, and then we would have been screaming like he's worth way more than four million or something like that. So. It, it wouldn't have mattered what number he pulled oh. out. It, it would have it would have caused some controversy, in my opinion. But he, he, here was Just my thought pull about out a number. <laughs> Maybe and that's, that's exactly what I was saying. Is like that's, that's the only it. thing yeah. I didn't like about the fact that he he dropped the number, and I was just like, probably wasn't a good PR move. But it is what it is. Um, let, let me get into this because obviously the negotiations with Ottinger and Robertson are continuing, right? And then. The other thing about this is that this podcast drops, uh, was it today or yesterday? I can't remember. I didn't pay attention yesterday. to Yesterday. Yesterday. A little bit of it leads me to believe that it's not a coincidence, if that makes any sense. And yeah, they did may- it before ours so that we could do commentary on it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but my thought is, is and he didn't go on – and. Cam and Strick is still a bit pretty big podcast. It, it's not the biggest, but it is definitely top 10 when it comes to hockey podcasts. It is definitely up there. But what he didn't do is he didn't go to national media or anything like that. So he found like a niche little market to kind of subtly put in a, a little bit of a pressure. And maybe that little bit of pressure is purposely being pushed towards the Robertson and, and spe- probably specifically the Robertson camp to sign a contract and get it done and over with. It's so I think it's a hundred percent trying to push something. I don't know if it's if it's a right thing to do regardless, but 
I think y'all are giving way too much credit. I think someone asked him to be on a podcast. And he's like, oh, he's sure. Just like, yeah, sure. And he's just talking <laughs> out of his butt. Right, but, but that's, that's the whole fun in doing this is we get to speculate and just assume that that's not Let's hope People he pulled out a random smart, number. <laughs> okay. Um, actually, uh, Brooke is actually helping us out here. Uh, Brooke on YouTube is telling us that they recorded the interview yeah. on August 16th. So that was over two weeks it released, ago. So. Yeah, it released yesterday. So, well, um, so let's, let's kind of take a nosedive into a different topic that they were talking about on uh, that interview, which is the coaching decisions. And some of the stuff uh, that was – a little bit enlightening to me, but um, what did you guys like think about of some stuff. of the highlights? I, I love that stuff. Yeah, Talk, just talking about how the whole game plan was to change the identity of the team, and yes, that's that's exactly what we want to do. We want to score more goals. He said that's why we hired this coach. That's what we're gonna do. That I liked everything he said about that. I don't think he wants to change the identity of the team per se from a defensive structure more so, but he, they definitely need to get more offense. And I think that's why they went with DeBoer over anybody else. And he said the structure of the team needed to change. I think that was back in reference to Hitchcock. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I think, think he was talking about was. that in the same sense. Although he what he did say specifically that like metrics looked really bad last season. They were trending in the wrong direction from where he wanted them to go, and that's why he did the coaching change. So, yep. And uh, you know, we were literally just talking about this off air, but uh, you know, it seems Rick Bonus did not agree with uh, with Gallardi on the fact that it, it's the players that were the problem. He said he he thought the players were the problem. They didn't have the right players well, to get him over the top. It seemed like he he did, not necessarily that they didn't have the right players but that the players weren't playing good enough, which like that, that kind of goes back to the coach and the coach's style too. So, I mean, yeah. And yeah. we talked about that all last season. Not all the players are going to have a bad season all at once. And it's just a coincidence. It's not your fault at all. That, yeah. No, that's not how that works. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's, it's just, uh, what, what, what I, what I, think I remember hearing on the podcast is that bonus said he did the best with the players that he had. And for, for bonus, maybe, maybe he did. Maybe that was the best that bonus could do with those players in his style. Maybe that's the best he could do. In which case we need a new coach. And that's what we did. And I, th- I think one of the, one of the metrics they talked, well, there were two specific stats that uh, uh, Mr. Garl already pulled out. And one of them was the fact that we dropped yeah, you know, below top ten and uh, goals against, so that was pretty bad. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's supposed to be you know Rick Bonus's mantra is defense, defense, defense. And then the other one was I think it was thirty first in goals, uh, goals expected, thirty second goals. Okay, thirty second in goals expected, dead last. That which and we made the playoffs yeah. <laughs> with that number. Oh my god! Imagine if we had just been like league average. Like, league average, we probably would have been so much better. Yeah, we so, talked about all last season. What if Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan were just bad? <laughs> We'd be yeah, so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, let, let me – I want to get into this, too, because I thought this was really interesting. But he said that with the way that kids are nowadays and, you know, just attention span and stuff like that, I think he specifically talked about – He said so it's – it, Yeah, I know. Yeah, this was, this was a little strange. But I kind of understand it a little bit. Um. 
he said it's really hard for coaches in especially in the NHL to have a really really long career as an NHL coach with the same and, team. Yeah, with the same team. And he said that like the lifespan of a head coach typically is about 3 to 4 years. That's is about what he said. Do y'all look kind of agree with that? What do y'all think about that? Cuz I thought that was interesting the hearing way, that coming from a uh, an owner of the NHL. Yeah. The way he worded it was was really weird. He said the attention span of these young players which like kind of implies that after two or three years of the same coach, they're just not listening anymore, which I don't think is true at all. But I don't know. They, they it, And also, they the question that got him on that topic was, they they, they said, like, what, you've had a lot of coaches in the past couple of years. And, yeah, that's and true. And we have. So I don't. I don't think the attention span is the reason yeah. that the coaching changes happen so much. Um, in the salary cap era, when players are signing long contracts, coaches aren't signing contracts. You can fire them whenever you want. So when something's wrong, the easiest thing to do in hockey is to fire the coach and get a new one. And recently, it's been proven to be helpful. So why wouldn't you do that as the first thing to go, honestly? I mean, that makes the most sense. I think that's the main reason why the coaching carousel has been going around so quickly. It's just the easiest thing to do. Ryan, you're muted. Huh, Ryan's muted. What an idiot. I was wondering. <laughs> Sorry, the cat The cat was meowing at the door. Uh, trying to keep it off of the thing. Sure, the cat. But anyway, what I was saying was it's apparent how obvious that is because – a lot of coaches are losing their job, it seems like, every year. It's like at yeah. least five. But especially this year, I think it was like nine or ten, right? Something and then like the new that. one that comes in is the savior. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Literally so, up in Vancouver, you're having them chanting his name as as their, as their well, like, war cry now. <laughs> but, and, like, he really he, – like Bruce Boudreau really was the savior for that I don't, team. They all I don't think he was the out. reason why that team did so much better. That team needed a change of pace altogether. The firing kind of kind of sunk it in more. I mean, he, kidding, right? That's so my point. Any 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 coach you could have put in there, and yes, they probably would have been better. But as good as yes, Bruce better, Boudreau, not as been? good, but better. Any okay. better? Yeah, okay. it doesn't matter. Okay. That I can get. Just shake it up, Bruce. Uh, Bruce Boudreaux wore some magic up there in Vancouver with those guys. Uh, the way they were sucking it up. Uh, yeah, beforehand. we'll see if he can continue it. Yeah. Well, I also want to talk about this a little bit because he did even go into this a little bit, talking about Ken Hitchcock uh, with his second stint here. So Ken Hitchcock came here, and he was only here for a year, and they said that the reason why they did it is to completely change and transform the identity of the team from the Lindy Ruff, go, 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 really fun to watch, goal scoring nine to seven games like we saw back then and to Hitchcock's credit he did that exactly that like they were pretty low in the league when in Lindy Ruff when it came to the goals against and then they were sixth uh the very next year under Ken Hitchcock um but the the thing that kind of uh kind of surprised me a little bit was that he he flat out came out and said that the media likes to put that I was the one that that hired the coach and not you know, my guys, you know, referring to Jim Nell, for example. Do you think that he's he's telling the truth a little bit or he's just kind of blowing smoke there? I mean, 
If I was the owner, I wouldn't want to hire the coach. I'd just let him. I'd just let my GM do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it's kind of kind of weird with that because he mentions how he had the interview with Bruce, and it sounds like he had a big this a big pull at least in choosing Bruce as the coach as well. So I don't know how true that is or isn't, and I don't know. I don't feel like speculating on that. Well, podcast for James. Gosh, dang. I know. So, but like, it's it's such an empty like that 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 specifically so so empty because if if he's involved like he is in the Bruce in the Bruce interviews and the and Bruce being hired, then it's it's he kind of did make the decision in a way. Maybe maybe he's saying more. It's like it's not all on me. I didn't like make that decision all by myself. don't know well what do you think ryan i don't know i i, I have no idea <laughs> but, bad question <laughs> but yeah I know. Bad question. My, uh, it's my own bad question but I, I still think he was the one that had the major hand in signing hitchcock i really i, I still think he had the major hand in that and jim no kind of disagreed yeah. with him like like went along yeah. with it it was just like fine sure why not hey guys this is ryan here the wait is almost over. A new football season is about to begin. Get ready for the NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want even more action for opening night? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. Get up seven, you win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Hey guys, Ryan once again. Lately I've been listening to a lot of of Owl City. They have a new album coming out very soon, and it's been great because I've been listening to their stuff again. I'm getting really excited for their new album. But one reason it's been great to listen to is because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable, and they will not budge. Trust me on that. Raycons give you eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get the quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder that Raycons Everyday Earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. But what I love about these Raycon earbuds even more is the additional features that it comes with, including 
three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, noise isolation, and awareness mode. I love the noise isolation because when I want to listen to my music, I don't want to hear anything else. So I'm glad that that is an, an additional feature in this earbud. But I also really like listening to some of the customizable sound profiles. So for example, one of the profiles I use is I use the bass sound because it really is great for songs with a strong beat, and Owl City has a lot of songs that have a strong beat. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. And in the interview, he says he didn't have a big part of it in it, and then he goes... And turns around and defends having him from one year and saying that it was still a really good decision. And I'm like, well, <laughs> why are you? Why do you feel the need to defend it if you didn't make any decision on it anyway? So I, it's his team. It's his team. You know. He, he's I know, team. but it's it's so weird, man. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I actually wasn't planning on talking about this, you guys, but uh, literally this article dropped on nhl.com literally like an, less than an hour ago yeah. and jim nell sat down with uh, nhl.com and discussed multiple different things including hiring DeBoer and uh you know mira haskinen ropey hands all that sort of stuff so uh let's just let's just see some of the questions that were asked and see what nil's answer was to it and let's just you know kind of go from there and uh get some dialogue going on that and see what we think. But so one of the questions that was asked on NHL.com was, uh, what, is, what is it about DeBoer that makes him the right coach for Dallas? And this is Nils' response to it. A lot of different things. He's an experienced coach and he's had a lot of success in the league. I've been fortunate. I saw him when I started, I was back in my Detroit days. He was in Plymouth coaching. And I, so I saw him develop as a coach. He's got a great demeanor for today's NHL coaches. It's a tough job and a real balancing act, and he has that great demeanor where he's going to be firm. But also understand you have to handle everyone differently. He has a good handle on that type of coaching. So, I mean, what what do you think about his response to that? Because one of the words that keeps jumping out to me is demeanor for some reason. I don't don't know why. Uh, I mean, part of that... I'm sure it comes from switching from bonus to DeBoer. I mean, bonus is literally like, like I don't know. He, he, from from what you hear from players, he's like he's so well liked. It seems like he doesn't have a bad bone in his body. So I don't know. <laughs> nice pun. Ah, my bad. Sorry. I I apologize. Um, <laughs> I mean, the main thing I think is like he knows how to deal with a lot of different players because we do have such a like big divide on this team between old players and young players. And we need the even younger players to to start being in. I mean, we're thinking we're having at least one guy from those big three prospects starting for us. So he's got a lot of different, a lot of different people do. He's probably got three or four different generations of players on his team. So he's got a lot of different characters to deal with. And, and, you know, Neil even said it right here. It's a real balancing act, and they they feel like DeBoer is the guy that can do that. So uh, we'll, we'll see how DeBoer does. And uh, I mean, that that's definitely a really good answer that Neil had there. But okay, uh, so this is in reference to what DeBoer said. DeBoer said Haskinen could reach another gear. What gear is that? And everybody says Norse. offensively. 
We think he has more to give offensively. We started really seeing it in the Stanley Cup playoffs against Calgary. In that overtime in Game 7, he had three or four chances to win it for us. He just went to another level, and that's kind of him. As he's given more, he even grabs and expects more. He's been in the league four seasons. That's insane to think about that now. He's more comfortable in the league, comfortable in his game, and we forget sometimes he's only 23 years of age. This is when usually players start to take the next step, and I think that's where he's at. What do you think? I mean, definitely. And the change in system that we're going to see with the next season is going to be part of that too. He's going to be the spearhead probably on power play on just about everything even coming in late, getting back to Miro to take a, a wrist shot. I mean, he, I think he's going to be the one that's leading the mindset change. He's got to be the one that I mean, buys in the most. The, the, I feel like the big problem with that is though, there's going to have to be someone else covering him defensively i mean he's miro's used to being the person who is who is the person back covering his defenseman because he's had to be that because he's had these he's had these other defensemen that he's played with who are kind of a bit more aggressive and go up a little bit more than he does and if we can kind of flip the script on what he normally does with what we want him to do maybe he will get that offensive push like we're hoping he does and honestly there might be a little bit he needs to care a little bit less about that because in today's NHL games are ending five to three, six to four. That's not uncommon really. So if you need to abandon your post to score a goal, we're we're probably going to be okay with that. And I think that's, what's going to happen with the start of this new system with uh, DeBoer. Yeah. I'm hoping that Mira has going to take the next step because that's the one thing about this team is they can be a Stanley Cup contending team, but there's just too many questions. And Mira Haskin is one of them. Can he take that next step? Can he be as good as Kale McCart? So, and, I mean, everything it, tells me that he can. Everything tells me that he can. Yeah, and there's so many so many different players that we feel like if if just like two or three of them took just one more step up, we're not like not like asking for someone to go from like 10 goals to like 40 or 50. We're asking like, 10 to 20, one, one step up, one, just one more up is like all, all we feel like we need to just push this team a little bit further in, and have a really good chance at having a deep playoff run. And I think that is like, if I was to pick like a team to be the, the dark horse team of the season it's going to be the stars. I mean, cause like we said, they have the most questions and if the, a lot of those questions go the right way. We're going to be pretty good. Is Ottinger really an elite goaltender? If yes, that's a great jump. Can the can Pavelski keep doing it? That's a big jump. Ben and Sagan, can they start producing more? If they can, that's a big jump. Miro, can he be a Norris contender? If he can, that's a huge jump. So and if, if all those things click somehow, we're the best team in the league. Just like that. And we didn't add anything. <laughs> so other than Mason Martin, all those things are really possible. Yeah, well, I didn't yeah. talk about March. There's, there's just like, there's a crazy amount of potential on this team, and and unfortunately we've been talking about this for years, so it kind of it kind of hurts to say it sometimes. But like, there there really is. There's there's so much potential on this team to just be that much better. Yeah, and a lot of people attributed the. Uh, I, I guess you could call it the hurt on the potential of the young players because of coaching. A lot, and and now we've got a new coach who seems to 
thrive with the the young guys. It seems like he's had some successes, like with Kevin LeBanc over in San Jose. He's been a pretty good player for San Jose. So uh, we'll see how that comes up with all of this. But uh, I'll let say me get let's, in. Throw, let's throw some on Nil too because he's kept some players in the AHL for quite some time. I mean, we can't forget about how terrible he botched Jack Campbell. I mean, yeah. that's unbelievable. Yeah. So well, and perfect segue into perfect segue into the next question. Um, Ottinger unexpectedly played 48 games last season. I wouldn't say that's unexpected, but that's just what this. It uh, was. Well, he wasn't supposed to. AHL. <laughs> I expected him to, to to take it, and he did. No, you didn't. If we didn't Go get two hurt goalies, show. that Go wouldn't watch have happened. The preseason show. How ready Fire. is he? Oh, shut up, Chris. How ready is he to take the reins from the start this season? And here's here's Nell's response here. Uh, last year was a great season for him, growing wise. We sent him down early. Our biggest concern was he played the prior season during this taxi squad bubble year. <laughs> I'm not even looking at the screen. I can see Chris doing this back and forth with his head mocking. <laughs> and uh, and didn't get a lot of practice time and didn't get a lot of reps and didn't get in a lot of games in. He only got in 29. We were really concerned about development. We thought it was important for him to get to the American League, get games in. And he did a great job. Everyone wants to be in the NHL, but he understood that maybe this was the best thing for himself, and he took advantage of that. Then we got some injuries, and he never left. He did a great job for us, helped us get into the playoffs, and you saw what he did in the playoffs. 181 uh, GAA, 954 save percentage. He's a big part of our future as we move forward. And Chris that's, is like... That's a lie. He, he went to the AHL and sucked. He was bad in the AHL. Go look at his numbers. I'm pretty sure he's yeah, below 900. They, the, his first couple good. of games were, were not good. I mean, that's a lie. <laughs> My God. He thinks well, he's so smart. He thinks he's so smart. It's like, ah, oh, he really took advantage <laughs> of that situation. And just, he does get paid. He, he does get paid millions to of dollars him. to be ridiculous. <laughs> Shut up. You were wrong. <laughs> and he proved you wrong. And he made you look like an idiot. Don't take don't take credit for it now, moron. Now we just had to get all of our goalies hurt. Yes, literally. Three of you them. signed three goalies ahead of him because you didn't trust him enough. <laughs> don't act like you knew exactly what was going to happen. Ridiculous. Yep. That that uh, pisses me off. Sam's helping us out here really with his uh, my gear. percentage. Sam, shut up, uh, Sam. <laughs> He he had a better he had a better save percentage in the NHL by the end of the year. So (laughs) only one point better, but still, still yeah. Who is it? All right. Anyway, those for those of you that were uh, listening on the podcast side later, uh, Sam said he was a nine thirteen in the minors. So that's that's more of a idea of how a goalie did rather than goals against average. You can't. That's better than I gave it credit for. That's better than I gave it credit for. Yes, he he had a he he did fine. This was not all part of Nils' grand plan, and oh, I'll just wait for these three goalies to get hurt, and then I just know Ottinger's going to come up. That's not how it happened, and that's how it <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, it has just been a goalie carousel. And, and, and it's it, it, like you got an option Everywhere. in a young Ottinger who seems to be ready to take it, and they would go out and get extra goalies, and I just... Well, oh, it, it seemed like this year every team needed that anyway, so lucked out a little bit. I mean, we still we still have three goalies. I mean, we still have uh, <laughs> yeah, we still have Dobby. Dobby, yeah, he still exists. We have mm-hmm. three NHL goalies right now. This is crazy. All right, let's get into Ben and Sagan with a question here. 
Ben and Sagan's numbers dipped last season, 46 for Ben and 49 for Sagan. What do you need from them this season? Uh, Nils' response, well, it's no secret, and it's what they want also. They know they have more to give on the offense side. Offensive side, excuse me. Jamie brings so many other elements to the game also that that's some, sometimes forgotten. He's a physical presence. He's the leader of the team, and there's a value to that. With Tyler, we sometimes forget about the injuries he's gone through. We've talked about these condensed seasons over the last three seasons and really no downtime down to heal. And the injuries he's gone through, hip surgeries, knee surgeries, a lot of times those take a year just to get rest. Oh, my goodness. A year of just rest to get through. He wasn't able to get. He wasn't able to do that. From talking to him this summer, he feels great. I think he's determined to come back and show that he's still one of the elite scorers. And Jamie's in the yeah. same boat. If we get the, those guys contributing the way we think they can, keywords there, it just adds so much more to our team and puts us to the next level. Comments, exactly uh, thoughts on that? That's exactly what we're saying. If those guys can produce a little bit more, we're up from bubble playoff team to solidly in the playoffs. Yeah, and, and honestly, like if there was any player to have like an unexpected, like really good season, I would put Tyler Sagan easily in in that. Well, I wouldn't even say it's unexpected. I think he's he's due for one after. No, I mean, he's had like a full season to get back into it. Like, I he's definitely gonna play better next year than he did. He's gonna play year. better, yes, but like I mean, like he's gonna play like a crazy amount better. Like if there was Same anyone like, that you would just, score, yeah, if if there was anyone that you would just see like randomly jump really high like that i feel like it would be sagan with this year maybe i feel like those surgeries still that's that takes something out of your legs yeah i mean he's had he played the pretty much the full season last year that's mm-hmm. and and he had the full season before off trying to recover from it so i mean if you're looking at a year for him to come back strong it's it's this upcoming year mm-hmm. and boy do we need it yeah so, again, I forget what I've asked you guys, but what's the expectation from these guys for you? At the very, like, bottom level of what you expect from them, let's talk about points and goals-wise. What's what's their floor? Well, the floor is the same as last year, honestly, in my opinion. 46 points for Ben I don't think is that terrible um, for the style of play he has and for how old he is now. Um, as long as he continues being that leader, like we're talking about, maybe he needs to make his presence known a little bit more physically, even in in, in bigger games. Because um, we did talk about that a lot, how sometimes he seemed just non-existent. Um, for for Sagan, it, there's really no telling how much he's gotten better from his injury. I mean, like if he can't skate still, it's going to be tough for you to score that many points. I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, for me, like. There was there was points in that Calgary series where I'm looking at Sagan and he's coming down one of the sides like he like he used to and it looks like he's like he's almost there back to where he like it felt like he was just gonna snipe it and put it in in the corner of the net again and it really I feel I I really feel like Sagan I I want him to have at least eighty points on the season honestly just, I know so that's I'm just like thinking that's a little bit too optimistic I'm just I know I know it's optimistic but like. I, I really feel like Sagan's a lot closer than we're thinking. Maybe. I would have to disagree, but well, you do the, the one the one I will sentence I want to pull out of this again is I think he's determined, he referring to Sagan, 
he's determined to come back and show that he's still one of the elite scorers and Jamie's in the same boat. So they think that apparently that they can get back to that elite status that they were when, you know, Jamie Bin was winning the Art Ross and Tyler Sagan was right next to him scoring 30 goals per season and that sort of thing. So, I mean, if that happens and, you know, Sagan becomes the first line, <laughs> Sagan and Bin become the first line again, with like Wyatt Johnson on the right side or Logan Stakeoven on the right side, boy, that would be so much fun. It gets me excited just thinking about that. Then we've got two first lines, and we're in really good shape. That that is probably the biggest if I've ever seen in my life. Right? No, I'm, I totally agree with you, one hundred percent. That is not a likely thing. So let's get into some goaltender uh, topic. Two questions, and then we'll, we'll tar- start to wrap it up. And then uh, we need to start thinking about a who cares segment because we we already have that ready to go. Um, <laughs> goalie Anton Hudobin had a right hip arthroscopy and labral repair. That sounds very painful. In March, how is he doing? Uh, Dobby's doing well. He's been back here for several weeks. We brought him back early so that he can continue his rehab. And we've, you know, seen videos of him on uh, social media. Uh, he's feeling well, and we'll know as we get closer to camp where he's at. We're anticipating he's going to be ready. To camp, be ready to camp, be ready for camp, I think is what they meant to say. But we'll have to wait and see. So, I mean, at this point with Dobby, it, it, it kind of sucks because I still think he can play. I do. It, just not at the same level that he obviously was in the 2020 bubble run. But it, I, I just don't know what he can do. And let's just assume that Ottinger didn't, didn't get signed to start the season. And we go in with Woodwood as the starter. That's scary. That's not going to happen. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But yeah, I don't think Dobby is a big issue right now. The contract looks really bad now, um, and we thought it was going to be bad when we signed it. Mm-hmm. But he's he's not the backup even uh, even if he is full full strength. I don't think he's going to be the backup. I think it's still Wedgwood. I don't think it's really a. I don't think this is an issue. It's it's nice to have a good third goalie, but not an issue in my opinion. Um, one more thing on the goalies. Since you just brought up a non-topic, I'll bring up a real topic. Uh, <laughs> on NHL Network, Otter said this. Uh, he said, "I'm very certain that both of us, the Stars and Ottinger's camp, uh, will get the job done before training camp, so we can get the season going." In reference to him getting signed. At the end of the day, I know both of us want to be in Dallas for a long time. I'm not; It's not something I'm too worried about, is what he said. So that's at least some good news amidst all the craziness. But yeah, so hopefully there, I feel like we're closer with Ottinger. I just feel like he's not signed because Robertson's not signed. Right. I think that's the bigger issue. But it, it does need to, like, just, just do it. Like, just get it done. <laughs> Please, just, just get it done. <laughs> yeah. I'm just tired. Of, I'm tired of talking about it. It doesn't need to be an issue. I don't want any. I, I feel like we're just waiting around for an offer sheet. And that sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, I still don't think that's going to happen. And I I mean, it's it, not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's fine. It, nothing's going to happen. They're just going to sign. It's going to be okay. But it's, But right now it's not. And I don't like that. <laughs> well, and you know what? I, I don't think it's a. Uh, 
I don't think it's a coincidence that Jay Gottinger went on NHL tonight and talked about that after the interview that Tom Gillardi did on the Camus Drake podcast to, to kind of quell things down. Again, I'm I'm reading too much into things, but I I I, I don't think that's a coincidence. For the reason we just like the spotlight, we just want to eat it up. <laughs> those stars, big big market team, always in the news and everything. Yeah, well. There were a lot of people that, especially today, before Ottinger came out and said what he said, were saying, uh, oh, well, we're all freaking out about, you know, oh, they're not going to get signed. And then Otter's like, dude, shut up. We'll be fine. We're both going to be signed by – that. that's pretty much what he was – he was putting water on the fire is what he was doing. Yeah. So, all right. It's just weird that the players are doing that instead of the management and the owner. Yeah, like, adding the fuel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Chris, you just opened the conspiracy theory. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Moving on. Okay, uh, I actually have one other thing, and then we'll get into who cares. Uh, and it, it, it's real quick, but um, the reverse retro. It, I expected it to already be released uh, by this point, but. It has not been released yet, and that's why I'm wearing my reverse retro from last year. Uh, I, I've seen some mock-ups of what some people think it's going to look like. And at first, I was kind of like, I didn't really like it, to be totally honest with you. And, I mean, I don't know. Did, did y'all see the, I forgot who posted it. I think it was on the Jay Cottinger fan club and Hockey Talk group. Did, did y'all see the? It. No. Maybe I can find it real quick, but. It, every, everybody on the comments was just like, oh, this is a fantastic jersey. And I was just like, man. Well, well Ryan likes the old reverse retro, so he's a little bit crazy anyway. But I did see a leak from uh, NHL shop. Of, it was just like a shirt, and it had the old, uh, the old secondary logo from the Shooting Star jerseys. So I don't know if that was supposed to be like the main logo of the reverse retro, which would be weird. Right. I don't love that, but right. if that's just a callback to the shooting star. Look, I don't know. It was just a T it was a weird secondary merch item that somehow got shown on the website and then was removed after 30 minutes. So I don't, I don't know. It was weird. Right. We'll have to come on and do another episode when all the 32 uh, jerseys are released and rank them like we did with that first group of reverse retros. Cause that'll be fun. Yeah, it was fun. Like that, like the Los Angeles Kings jersey was fantastic. I loved yeah. it. That is one thing. The, a lot, some people are even mad about these reverse retros. They're like, oh, this is just a money grab. No, this is fun. This is awesome. It's Come on, so we, we had COVID for two years, guys, and it's still sort of kind of going on. Come no, on, let us have it's, fun. It, no, it's just fun. Shut up. <laughs> All right. They can take my money. I'm okay with it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. I'm, I'm going to buy the jersey no matter what. I'm I mean, give I'm, them I mean, money. Let me give them money. All right. Well, <laughs> What's the Who Cares segment, Ryan? I don't know. Do we want to go with a Jersey one? No. No? What do we think? Here. We'll do one that nobody can relate to. All right. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Why don't we ask the comment section? No. No? Chris just thought of one already. I already thought of one. Okay. Fine. You got them all excited. Everybody's going to hate you now. I'm already excited. Everyone everyone can pretty much sign off. We're going to do your top three disc golf molds top three disc golf discs what don't even <laughs> one second no, but... let me turn around real quick 
All right. <laughs> I'm going to right here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll do that too. Hold on. <laughs> oh, okay, well, y'all keep talking. I'll go grab mine for a second while, while the what? internet We're, gets here. We have to talk? Yes, y'all talk about it real quick, and I'll go get my bag because my bag's in the room. But okay? Chris left too. You're going to leave me here too? Okay, fine. I'll wait till he gets I'm going to be here room. all alone. Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to be terrified. Okay, so just so everybody knows, uh, we're a very big disc golf family. We live together. We like to go out and just go try out courses, and we're willing to drive over an hour to go try try out a course. So no, I drove almost. I drove an hour and a half just the other day to go play I saw a course. That. Right. So, okay. No, that so, course is so worth it, man. <laughs> All right. So, Chris, why don't you go ahead with your number three, and I'll okay. be right back, and I'll go grab my discs. My number three. I, I'm just saying the mold in general instead of the specific disc, but I, I guess we'll do specific discs since we have specifics. Yeah. This is the judge. This is a putter in disc golf. Um, this is the first disc that I ever bought. So I had some discs from uh, older brother Zach that you'll have seen on podcast from time to time. But this is the first one that I bought just me. This is a really flexible disc, and it's really like seasoned. So when you, you use a disc a lot, they start flying a certain specific way you know exactly how they fly so that's what this disc is for me i love it lots of sentimental value use it for jump putts turnover throws i love it it's great it's all like warped and everything because i've had it for so long like three years (laughs) and it's great i love it all right a classic soft judge james number three my number three is also the first one that i got to pick out it is this weird looking that, that stupid mid-range little, yes that it's got it's got thing. like yeah it's got like this huge dip in in the rim which like you don't find on any other discs oh, hold right? up to the camera james i want to see it see if you can get it on camera see it really well but... give us the profile yeah on the edge oh, there on, huh? um, yeah let me, let me so like this is the rim of the disc right that's the rim there's a second rim underneath the rim there's two rims <laughs> essentially yeah so this this is the first disc that i picked up and i just felt and i was like oh i really like that disc and 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 then all my brothers proceeded to look at me like i was absolutely insane because it's the weirdest because it is the weirdest it's the weirdest disc you will ever find but it's a it's a mid-range so it only goes like you know you throw it like like a little bit you know but but it's you know i just i just liked it got a lot of just like Christians, it's got sentimental value because the first one I kind of picked out, and it's also really weird. So no one else is ever gonna have them. I have two of them. That's how much I like that disc. Good, good choice, James. Even though it's a terrible disc, Ryan, number three. <laughs> number three for me. I'm actually. Can I get? Can I do two for number three? Because it's. Nope, I'm, you can have I'm, one honorable mention and one number three. Okay, honorable mention. Uh, okay, honorable mention is my Thunderbird. To pretty. I like the way it flies. It Good and trade. for for me, I throw everything hyzer. Uh, it's really bad, so it's a good disc that actually go flies straight for me. So, uh, but number three, I'll actually have to go with my Star TL three. This is like one of the first yeah. ones that I actually <laughs> ever bought. So again, some sort of sentimental bit value when it comes to this disc. But how did we all end up? On it's that? I used to have a uh, I used to have a blue one. It was like a like a sh- kind of like a what do you call it like a glossy blue one. It was really nice, but 
Now I just got this boring white one, but it still flies well. So. No, the white one's cool. I like the white one. Speaking of white ones, my number two is just <laughs> it's one a I white one. <laughs> look, look how cool this is. I died. I did this myself. I'm so smart. Look at that. It's got the lone for all you listeners. It's got the Lone Star A and M logo. I love it. It looks so cool. But this is a mid range like James's. It is the classic soft Justice. Kind of new for me. But this is a very overstable approach disc for all you, all you non-disc golfing people. This is like my like my sand wedge. So when I want to get it close to the basket, I'm chip chip chipping this guy up there. And since it's a soft, flexible plastic, it hits the ground and just sticks. It doesn't skip away or roll away or anything. I just throw it. It sticks there. It's super stable. Wind won't blow it around or anything. I always know right where it's going. Classic soft justice. It has changed my game. Thank you, Classic Soft Justice and, and Cool Stamp. All right. James? My number two is is uh, Firebird, specifically yeah. with this plastic. This plastic is really weird, and when you throw the disc, it, it never skips. So it hits the ground, and it just kind of slides and stops. Yeah. So. So, so that plastic is similar to the plastic that I just showed. So it's yeah. G-Star. It's flexible. Show, show them the flexible, James. Show them the flexible. Look how Flexes. flexible. Oh wow, that actually is really flexible compared yeah. to. So, so yeah, when it hits the ground, it just digs in. Wow, it's also got a pretty rainbow stamp on it, and I, it's nice. And I throw this literally every way imaginable. So I use this disc for everything. Good choice, James. That's my favorite disc of mine that you own, in my opinion. All right, Ryan, number two. All right, so this one used to be my number one until Zach uh, suggested my num- my number one that I that will be number one. So my number two is my Lucid Red Getaway. And I yeah. love Getaways. And Chris, I, I blame you for it because you love Getaways and you kind of got me onto it. I now currently have three. I have this red one, which is my favorite. I also have a, uh, a green Lucid X one, which is really cool. I love that one. And then I just have a regular kind of boring old white one. So I've got three different ones that I really like. But this, this red one is my favorite one that I like to throw. And no particular reason. I just think it flies well for me. What an amazing choice. And boy, wouldn't you know. <laughs> no way. This is the getaway. And, and that's the one I gave you. Is the one that Ryan gave me. <laughs> and this specific disc has become my favorite disc in my bag. It has. So, Ryan, since you gave it to me, it has been thrown a lot more. Yes. And it has been seasoned a lot. It, it goes pretty much dead straight. But I can make this do anything I want. I throw this on Heiser. We call that this angle for all you people on the YouTubes. And it'll go way left. I throw it Anheuser. It'll go way right. I can shape it. I can bend it. I threw this on a 420-foot hole through a tunnel of trees, so many trees, and I parked it for an eagle. It This wow. disc is crazy. It goes di- just as far as my distance drivers, but on a dead straight line. It is so cool. If I ever lose this disc, I may cry. That's why I have a backup that flies the exact same way. (laughs) Well, and the thing that you were all hacked off about is when we were at the, uh, where was it, Replay Sports? No, we were at Dynamic Disc Carrollton. Dynamic Disc and Carrollton. And I found that one, yeah. Yeah. So this is a super specific mold that was made, I think, 2019. Let me see. Yeah. You told me 2019. 2019 disc only one of these runs was ever made so there's only one of these discs that feels exactly like this and flies exactly like this and 
Ryan and Zach both walked into the store before me and both grabbed two of these off the use section and I didn't get them. <laughs> and I couldn't I, I was looking for one for like three months and they just bought them for ten dollars. And I was so upset. And then Ryan and gave this to me because I begged him, berated him, and gave him another disc that he threw very well. <laughs> and I knew you would use it more than I would. So and now it's my favorite disc. So thank you, Good. Ryan. I appreciate Good. you. All right. James my, number one frisbee my, in, in your bag. My number one frisbee that I love, that I use for everything, that I've almost aced twice, almost, is a verdict. It's also a mid-range. A mid-range. I freaking love mid-ranges. This disc does everything for me. I don't even use putters anymore. <laughs> so I just the verdict? I put the verdict. I don't use putters anymore. <laughs> it works better than my putters. I think I like it because it has the, all the mid ranges have like this this rim that you can kind of feel better than a lot more. I think I like it because it has that rim. But I I use it for putting. I throw it from like I almost got like a two hundred foot ace the other day. It it's awesome. I love this Very disc. Very good disc. I'm going to interject real quick in the comment section. Some people are interested. This is crazy. I love this. These discs only cost, like I said, that blue one, Riot, that's my favorite disc in my bag. That one cost $10. Well, uh, it was used. It was it used. Was it used. cost $10. Brand new ones, $18. So easy, so cheap. And you know how much tea times cost? They're free. You go to any course, Most. any park, it's free. Yeah. You, you just go play it whenever yep. you want. It's great. You, know, you should all try disc golf. It's so easy, so fun. Try it. And you great just have to be good at it to have fun. You don't have to be yeah. good at it to have fun. Yeah, we're all different skill levels, even in our family. So I yeah. am playing collegiate disc golf right now and trying to qualify for national championships. D1 athlete over here. And Ryan plays two times a month. And we still <laughs> have fun playing. If that. if that right now, especially yeah. the marching band. Yeah. So y'all should definitely play disc golf. It is so much fun. All right, Ryan. Grand finale, number one disc. Grand finale, what, what, number one What did Zach one give you? Zach actually put me onto this, and I tried his out, and this was back, oh, goodness, I think it was last December, actually. So so almost, a, well, I guess not quite a full year ago, but about nine months ago. And it's my understable Maverick. Mm. And I love Ma- Maverick so much. And because of how... Uh, I wouldn't say I'm like fully trained in my, like, especially my backhand is not very good right now. And it's never been great. I'm still working on it, but like I can throw this like crazy hard and it will fly straight for me. And that's saying something considering how bad I throw with my backhand. So and it, it happens every time. Okay. Not every time, like nine times out of 10, this thing goes straight for me. So if I need a disc that, uh, and what's funny is it's understable and it flies straight for me, but whatever. Um, I love this disc so much, and I can actually, with this disc, you know, get pretty far for me at least. So, Maverick number one, I love it. Thank you, Zach. Shout out to Zach. And you know what? We should also shout out. Uh, what is it? Circles Edge and Terrell, where we where we go every once in a while. It's a great pl- place to play disc golf. It's actually renamed to the Hideaway now. Oh, it's the Hideaway. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot the, that they, the grill green. and the course are both called the same thing now. They have a little grill there that cooks burgers. It's pretty good. Yeah. But y'all go play disc golf. It is super cheap compared to real golf. You mm-hmm. can do it by yourself. You can do it with buddies. You can just show up and start talking to people. That's great. It You go to any park and it's free. Just look up disc golf. It'll pull up. Go, 
you can get discs at you can get them at academy you can get them at replay sports there's even a, a its own dedicated shop right outside of dallas in Carrollton called dynamic disc Carrollton. please sponsor me and they can, <laughs> they can just we're, we're gonna have to tag dynamic discs in this and see if tag they dynamic disc Carrollton sponsor <laughs> I, i'll i'll wear a dynamic dish shirt every podcast promise all right guys all right yeah, we got anything else to say before we wrap it up? No, I think we're good. Oh, no, I got one more thing. Hans okay. King is the starter. and is playing Sam Houston State. They all stand a chance. We got an 11 a.m. game. Boy, we're going to be eating breakfast burritos and drinking mimosas right in Kyle Field, and it's going to be great. Y'all tune in to whatever channel it's on because it's not national uh, televised because we're playing Sam Houston State. Sorry, Bearcats. Yep. No, I, no, I hate Bear, I hate Bearcats more than I do uh, TU because because that was a, my big rival in uh, in college against uh, when I went to SFA. So screw the Bearcats. Take me out behind the field goal posts. And oh, I, I guess I'll go ahead and say a shout out to this because shout out to one of my former students, Angelina, who will be marching in her first game there in the Texas Aggie band. So I'm really excited Ooh. to uh, to watch her. Hopefully, I can find a recording of it somewhere, but we'll see. But Bro, I'll record it and send it to you. Do it. I'd love to. I'd love to see it. So I'm gonna try and go see her uh, sometime. And I don't know when you guys have home games. I haven't even looked at the schedule, but I'm gonna. Bro, I'll have tickets somewhere. Sometime. Somehow I'm gonna find a way to come down. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Anyways, we'll talk more off here. Anyways, guys, thank you guys for uh, listening once again. We appreciate all the support that you guys give us, and we also want to shout out our sponsors, Raycon and DraftKings for allowing us to do stuff like this live episodes every week. Um, you know, we really can't do this without them. It allows us to do this stuff for free and also get a little bit of extra on the side, but please go and follow us on social media. You can see our tags there at the bottom of the video. I'm R chambers, 1993. Chris is Chris champ 2B. James is James, the bomb. Oh, two. I can't believe I got that right. And also follow us, all of our podcasts, uh, social media platforms as well. Like us, subscribe to YouTube. Go check out StarCasticMarch.com. Yep. We still got that merch stuff going on as well. And uh, we will catch you guys on the flip side. We hope you guys have a good afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening to this. Have a very good